I walked up to her bed. She's laying there reading a paperback, as many thousands of nights before. And she said, oh, I suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now. I cut off her head, and I humiliated her corpse. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to the Brand Knife Podcast. <laughs> What's up, pencil dicks? Welcome to the Rat Knife Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett. Sitting alongside Eric and Adam, we're about to kick tonight's episode right off. We're talking about the co-ed killer, the co-ed butcher, the ogre of Aptis, the face fucker of California, Edmund Kempa III. Face fucker of California. That's my favorite. 100%. Hey, face fucked his mom, dude. Well, only her head. So much more. So much more. Adam, you can't face fuck an ass. That's very true. <laughs> but there was no body attached while the fight, while the face fucking occurred. Yeah, that that funny. is very true. It was very uh, high tension. The heads were always attached, but even when he fucked the bodies, it was the same thing. He, he would he would fuck their body parts, like just in general. He's, He's like, let's savage. see what it's like to fuck Absolute an ass. So the star of our episode, Ed Kemper, was the Shaquille O'Neal of serial killers. Stood at six foot nine. At a whopping 285 pounds. Some huge friggin' guy. Ed was born on December 18th, 1948 in Burbank, California. Ed rounded out his serial killer career in the double digits, hitting 10 confirmed kills. So there's been some speculation whether this is a case of nature or nurture. Whether Ed Camper was born a complete, dark, evil human. Or whether his mom kind of messed with him so bad from such a young age that he she created this monster. What do you guys think about that? It's a tough one. Um, I do believe that it was it was beaten into him. Like like I, like after all the research that I've done on him, um, I think every human, like to an extent, is is born with wires crossed. And then there's there's that that fine line between what's right and what's wrong, and that's taught. And right. um, in his case, his father left like at a very young age because he couldn't stand his mother. Right. And then from that point on, she looked at Ed as a resentment. Right. So she was like, she chalked him up to be a failure, like from day one and treated him like shit from such a young age and, and did nothing to ever uplift this guy. Right. And it's like where that gets tough for me is the way that he went about his like killings, this, like, especially especially with his mom, like right. the dismembering and, and, and humiliating and, and stuff like that, which we'll get into further in, the, in this episode. But it makes sense to me in a sense. Like that's where it's like it, it, there's that line where it's like, right. This, all right, this dude's obviously twisted. But it's like if you have literally been beaten down from that young of an age and right. uh, you guys, what what age was he taken into custody? For, the, for, his, for his first murder? No, when he turned himself in. He was 25. So he was 25 years old. He's still a virgin at this point. Uh, to be honest, I thought he was older than 25, not like a super huge deal. But either way, his mom literally 
put it into him because she was working at this college and he was like, you know, well, he wasn't, trying to get his wasn't, mom. It wasn't technically, when he got arrested, he technically wasn't a virgin because he did he was, have he sex. He fucked a dead corpse. I think okay, it counts. Well, I mean, corpse. I'm going to give it him. counts. I'm going to give it to him. It counts. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give all six to him. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys, you guys count it. Uh, I guess. I, I, I mean, we're not, we're not, thing, we're not, so. we're not talking about like a pocket pussy here. We're talking about like, it's, it is a human being. It's just not a lot. I mean, the, it doesn't have to be a living, breathing human being. <laughs> I guess as long as the corpse is still warm, but, but either way, there's no, there's nothing running through there. So as far as I'm concerned, he's been to this point where a normal kid would have already dated. And even if they hadn't had, sexual intercourse like they already had experience of being with women and stuff like that it was obviously something that he was terrified of because his mom made him out to be absolutely nothing like he was like the lowest form of human being and no one would ever want to date him and it's like if your wires weren't crossed before they're definitely fucking crossed now right well she kept him away from his sisters because she was worried that he was gonna molest them in the middle of the night right like for an extended period of time she made them sleep in the basement with a lock locked down there yeah under under the lights kitchen table that was one light hanging from wire that was it from what i what i had read about it he had he was in complete darkness and he would just hear the rats and it was terrifying to him. So she was locking him in a basement in complete darkness with no control over light, which is this this whole man's life is built upon trauma. Right. And from his mom yeah, specifically. Also, yeah. too, another so, disclaimer. He has been interviewed quite a bit in his story or his his story facts have changed. Almost like this is a better story than the last story that I told. Him right, right. Add in this detail or change this detail. So he embellished on a few things. He likes to talk about yeah. what he does. Well, the guy's yeah, a literal genius. Like he's he knows yeah. how to form and develop a narrative and and, and then like re, like look at the people that he's telling the story and be able to react and say, oh, the next time I might switch this section. So it's more entertaining or more or whatever, like narcissistic goal he has for whatever person he's talking to. It's wild that he's like a huge dude and a, a fucking genius. Yeah. And that was something that I found super interesting. I, I heard to him is referred to the super killer because he was highly intelligent and a master yeah. manipulator. I won't go I won't go heavy into it because we'll talk about it throughout it. But there was like a, a specific kill that he did on one of these co-eds where he literally locked himself out of the car with the gun in the car with her in there. And at this point, yeah, he had made it pretty damn clear that she wasn't she wasn't going anywhere. Right. So like she was already like that was her chance. She had the gun. The keys were in the car. She could have hopped over to the other like side and like I mean he's a huge guy. He would have probably punched through that window. I mean this dude's like a real life Michael Myers. Right. So it's like you know yeah. like he, he yeah he would have pulled her out of there. Yeah, but I that, think he would that, have destroyed Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, if that car was like running, you know, when he locked himself out and the gun's right there. I mean either way the gun's right there. You pick right. up the gun, you shoot this guy, get over to the other side, turn the key and go. Right. And you know hope it's not a horror movie and the car starts and and you get the fuck out of there. But he yeah he literally talked his way into her unlocking and letting him back in the car for her to die and it's like you know people want to talk about fate and like all this shit and like damn that girl got a raw deal right you know like and she might not like i'm not gonna sit here and say that she was an unintelligent person by any means i'm thinking this dude was so goddamn smart that he got his he got his way he got his way back into that car it's wild super wild just just going back on the whole nature versus nurture thing i was just thinking of it as as you guys were talking about it It almost and i just came up with a theory in my head that it almost it's almost like like a cancer everyone's born with cancer cells in their body it may or may not come to light 
And also, depending on the way you live your life, it may or may not come to fruition. Like, right. you could smoke one cigarette and that's it. Now mm -hmm. you have lung cancer. You could right. smoke till you're 95 and then get it. Almost like we're all born with that potential in us. Right. Mm. And some of us, it's easier to get to that point yeah. than like, it is for others. It's like Kemper was fertile ground for that evil to grow. Yeah. Because, like, of, his, because of his life, his home life. Somebody, somebody else could be thrown in that situation and be able to withstand it for 10 years and come out and be a normal person and be like, yeah, that was a fucked up time in my life, but I'm moving on. And someone could deal with that for three months. Right. And be a, a complete fucking psychopath. Right. Yeah. Um, and in my research, there wasn't like, there was like no real uplifting people like in his life outside of his grandfather he loved his grandfather that was like the one person that he truly loved and talking about another you know um you know quote unquote evil woman like in his life it was was his grandmother right um you know his grandfather was was the guy that like you know took him under his wing gave him his first rifle and like um got him hunting and stuff which was was obviously a huge outlet for him to go out and do that but then the, the grandmother was an, another powerful woman that just was not going to take any shit and uh you know when he started killing birds she had a real problem with that that whole thing from my research grandfather went out to do the grocery shopping and uh he was going he'd gotten to an argument with his grandmother and he was going out to hunt and then she's you know she said you better not kill any birds and it's like he was already at that point you know like mm -hmm. where he's 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 had enough you know his life has been been nothing but him being talked down to and, and he's had enough at this point so he's going out with it and then you know she's she starts with that and then it was like you know works his way towards the door and then it was like nah fuck it grandma's done Right. You know, and he, he goes up to the table, executes her, and he didn't want to kill his grandfather. But right. he had to do it because he didn't want to break his grandfather's heart. He was afraid his grandfather was going to have a heart attack and he was letting down the one person in his life that he truly cared about. So he had to take out his grandfather, too. Yeah, it's wild that like that's his only male victim, too, is like the one guy who ever like was there for him. And it was a mercy killing. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Imagine coming home from grocery shopping. You got your weird little grandson living with you and then you come walking up with the brown bag. Right. You know, hey, I got the stuff for the beef stew. And he's like, yeah, I got something for you. Like, <laughs> well, he was executed from my research. He was executed from behind as well. So it was when he was getting the groceries out of the car or the truck, whatever the situation was. But, you know, so again, it was like, you know, he the grandmother, that was just a vantage point, I think. Right. But with, with the grandfather, I don't think he wanted to face him. Like he was right. just like like that. That was the one kill that really pained him. And yeah, it's, it's, the, it's crazy how like Kemper is so like because he's a genius, he's so articulate about like how he explains like why what these relationships with women in his life and how his mom like saw his father in him so she always resented him and like has all these like very deep meaningful insight into like why he has become this like basically like woman woman killer and the crazy part is is like the dude's so smart that he could just be making all that shit up like he he could be making up like a lot of that stories the stories that he's told from his childhood, he could be just like using that as like basically like fodder to tell reporters and to keep his his story relevant or or whatever like that. Like it's that's that's where the nature versus nurture gets weird. My head is like, is he being truthful about all this stuff or is he just kind of like using his super mind to be like, oh, this is why I'm that way. And if I tell this story this way, you know what I mean? I don't, yeah, yeah that's, I, mean, I was thinking the same thing. The There's some speculation story. there, but. But at the same time, it was like, I, I don't know, because like you, you could be 100% onto something there, but 
he the way he went about things and the way that he told the story yeah he could just be telling a story for attention and stuff but when he came to the end of it like he was on the run right he was waiting like listening to the radio like hoping like there was like some big manhunt out for him right and it wasn't there like you know what i mean like so if it's like for him he would have wanted that right you know what i mean like Which that would have like, been like the cool part of his story but it's yeah. like you know like it's almost embarrassing to him because he's like right i've i i've i'm in the double digits of murder right at this point and it was all due to to how fucked up i was raised but no one even noticed right because he was so tactical about how he did it like you know he he took out the mother's best friend after he after he kills his mom which i'm not going to go into again well i mean let's, we'll get, let's we'll go it. let's go back towards like the beginning you know but no but before we will go back to the beginning but what i'm saying is like like that was like the thing is he wanted to be like oh well they were known to disappear together you right. know what i mean like so it was yeah. like it was a tactical move but yeah going back to to the younger years like now like you know he's he's taken out his grandparents he was out in the out in the mountains what what state was he in I think it was in Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. And uh, yeah, so he's taken out the grandparents at, at this point and he, and he calls. Oh, the, no, the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was like, it was in the Sierra Mountains. Oh, my bad. Sierra Mountains. OK. Yeah. My so bad, he, too. Yeah. He takes he takes them out. And, you know, the in the, in that moment of crisis, not knowing what to do, he calls the person that literally has looked at him like shit his whole life. And she she tells him to turn himself in. So he he calls the police. Imagine that from her point of view. Your yeah. son just called to say, hey, Ma, I just killed your parents. What should I do? Right. Like Christmas is going to be a little short staff <laughs> this year. It's just yeah. wild, man. Absolutely wild. You know, and just like I could just see it. I could almost just see it, like him walking in and going, hey, Grandma, I'm going to I'm going to go out and shoot or whatever. And she's like, oh, you know, don't fucking shoot some birds. Ironically enough, she used to write children's stories. Well, that's what's so I, funny about that, right? I, it's could, like, I could see her just being like, yeah, don't fucking shoot any birds. And he's like, you know what? That's it. Fuck this. <laughs> and then he just fucking goes against the gun. He's like, I'll show you a goddamn fucking bird. Right. It's wild. Yeah. That, just... Yeah. So that was after the uh, the argument. And like, and, and to that point, what was like interesting about that was like, she's like writing children's stories, right? And his mom is like one of the most well-liked and respected people at the college that she works at. But they're both just total assholes to Ed. Right. Or are they right? Or are they? Or is he literally making this kind of shit up just to justify his fucking evil no. deeds? Man? I don't know because he's got two no. The way that he the way that he collab on what he said. I got gotcha. yeah, the way that the way that he did this. You don't like. I don't care how fucked you up you are. You don't go in that brutally right. into those. Like I mean, like the grandmother. Like so. There's yeah. There was passion behind. That. Oh yeah. I was gonna say there's 100%. speculation on this. She, he shoots her in the back of the head. He executes her. Then he shoots her in the back twice. And then I heard rumors that he. Uh, potentially her. dragged her into another room and stabbed the shit out of her to, to make sure that she was dead. Right, but it's right, like he yeah. stabbed her multiple times. It's like you you shot her in the back of the head. You shot her in the back twice. She's definitely dead. Yeah. Now we're gonna play the up and down game and right. we're gonna fucking stab the fuck out of you. Like yeah, you and wanted something you've been physical. Well, well, like not only was tenacity. Physical. Not only that though, but like even before his his first murders, he, he, like the the stories of him killing his mom's cats are like super weird too. Like the first cat he killed a sociopath. Yeah, the first cat he killed, he like buried alive and then it died and then he dug it back up and then decapitated it and then stuck its head on a pole as like a trophy, which is like super sociopath, serial killer, common, common kind of like thing of like keeping a trophy and before all of that, out of that was cutting off the heads of his sister's dolls yep and and that was that was the beginning before he got into to any of that was he was cutting off the heads of his sister's dolls and he was playing games electric chair right and, and stuff like that with gas sisters. chamber or whatever yeah, gas yeah. chamber and electric chair yeah so it was like 
the fascination with death was already there. Oh, for sure. And like know, that, at, at a that, young age. And that story about um, in second grade would literally like sneak over to his second grade teacher's house who's in the neighborhood yeah. and like sit outside of her house and look in her windows and like fantasize about murdering her. And like, he, I think he like carried like his dad's like uh his, his bayonet, his bayonet, like from like the from like the shed or whatever. He'd grab the bayonet and then creep over and sit and watch through the window at a second grade teacher fantasizing about murdering her. I'm like, doesn't well, get much. Just, like, that's second grader. That's so fucked. His sister used to tease him about it, about you know, oh, you want, you know, why don't you kiss your teacher or whatever. He's like, well, I have to kill her first. Like this is a second grader. Yeah, dude. What were you doing in second grade? Playing with pongs? It's wild. And pongs. Like, pongs. What? I mean, yeah. <laughs> what is <laughs> Like, what kind of evil shit does your mom have to do to you to make when you're that young, have that fascination with killing so early on in life? It's it's beyond bizarre. Absolutely. And to, and to answer your question, Eric, I, I was playing with pogs. I had some badass fucking slammers. Yeah, dude. I had, I had some cool digipets. Some poison was, slammers, dude. Dude, you remember the digipets? Oh, yeah. I had a gigapet, digipet, dude. Tamagotchi. I, and, and then on top of that, street sharks, motherfucker, <laughs> had that whole set. But um, that's, jo- that's Jossum, dude. Fucking Jossum, bro. So yeah, going back into Kemper though, like this this dude from a young age, like, and that goes to show how beaten into it was at a young age. And it's just because he he was a you know the junior of his father, or it was he was a, was he the third? He was the third. Was the third. Yeah. third. So he, he was the third. Like so, it's like you know he just kept going down the line. But he was his dad was a big dude. His mom was a big woman, came from a large family. You know, like, you imagine? Like, that? this dude is literally, like, he's like a real-life Mikey. He like, 100% but he likes is. to talk. But he likes 100%, to talk. 100% Michael Myers. Like, the family thing, the, the family connections, the the overall, like, big, giant structure of the dude. He yeah. could be any slasher in in reality. Like, he could be he could be Jason. But the, yeah, yeah, totally. Problem is, where he doesn't fall into the whole slasher aspect is he loves to talk. Right. Like, this dude <laughs> loves to tell his story. Right. And, like, he was so tactical about everything that he did. Like, he, like when he when we get in, like, now we're done with all these, like, and we're going into the co-ed. When he, he would, he had, he had strategies for right. that. He, like, like practiced. Like his, it was like a profession. Yeah, his little trial runs where he would he pick people there. up. Yeah. Yeah, he was picking up trial runs, picking up hitchhikers. Yeah, exactly. Doing an old doing, cold run. that whole thing. But then he, he had little, like, things that he would do. He'd check his watch. Like when they got in to be like, like, I'm going to be late for a meeting or something like that. So they just be like, all right, he's just dropping us off to bring, right. like, you know, like he's this guy's in a hurry. He's going to bring us, drop us off. And that's it. Like he this dude was so smart, like about how he did it. And he's like, I mean, yeah, he's a he's a force to be reckoned with. Like yep. he, he steps out of this car and like he is so fucking tall. But inside the car, you know, he's wearing glasses. He looks like your average dude. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's wearing some kind of a button down shirt. Like because mm-hmm. that seemed to be what he was wearing in almost every thing that I've seen him in. And he'd pick them up and then he'd take them out and he did those trial runs. But then it was like even once these murders started happening, it was the same thing. He even had the, he had the, he had the cops fooled. Right. Oh, yeah. And the, the whole bar aspect of it, like. This dude, he referred to himself as a friendly, a friendly nuisance to the police because a friendly nuisance is somebody that they overlook. Right. You know, he was in there just like getting like getting information. He was a, what the, the cops referred to as a quote unquote wannabe. Right. Right. He wanted to become a cop. And he did. He, didn't he try to become like a state cop at some point in his yeah, life or something like that? Too big. Yeah, he's too literally big. too tall. Too tall no, and too I, heavy. I, I, I think, think it was weight I don't, more than anything. It was, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a height thing. Oh, it was, it was a weight uh, thing. Like, gotcha. a, like a physical, like you have to meet requirements. Right, to, right. You yeah. know, so Same many the military. Yeah. So many, pull, yeah, like a military thing. Yeah. Another fascinating thing there about like what, how you're saying, like how he did his homework and then like 
even in his interviews when he talks about the actual murders that, that he committed, like he he literally will be like, yeah. And there was there were three, maybe four times that I should have been caught while I was doing this. And these are the exact reasons why it was like a stranger who looked the other way or it was this or it was that. But he was like so calculated that he'd even like post the murder. He would then reflect on the different places that he could have been caught which is like next he level over with two bodies in his car one mm-hmm. that was still alive moaning in the back seat and one that was dead next to him i'm pretty sure he shot them with a 22 um he shot one through the hand and then knocked her out with uh one shot and then shot her in the head and, and how he went about it was he just he acted you know like it was the end of the day he, he didn't have time for the shit and he looked at the cops like you fucks like you know like like here you go you're gonna bust my ass and right like, they look in and see this huge guy like in there and they're just like, all right, this dude just trying to get home. Like, yeah. you know, and they just waved him through. Right. And, and I, I'm assuming that has to have been backed up. Like, you He's know, like, I don't think point. my six shots going to take this guy down. I need like <laughs> bigger firepower for this fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it, like, so there was like that whole side of it. Like he did some some really like wild shit, which goes back to and that's why I say like, you know, all this stuff with his mom is definitely not speculation because when he was taking these heads off, he was always removing the heads from the bodies and he was burying bodies out in the backyard. Right. Like neighbors could have seen him. Like he was, he had it so down that he was like, he was cocky. Yeah. Like he was like, I can like, I, like, I don't even give a shit. Like I'm just going to go out here. Like I own the place and dig this shit up. But he, I remember like uh, hearing about him taking one of the heads and, and he would face it towards like the mother's window because his mother always wanted yeah. people to look up to her. That was, that was <laughs> one of the stories that I could see him sitting in jail being like, that would be like, like a, That's like a fun, a fun little story, right? Like, yeah, because yes. he, he dumped when he was the younger body. And juvie. Yeah, when he dumped the body, the police found it, and he had the head, and he panicked, so he buried it in the backyard. And yeah, that's what he said. He had the head facing his mother's window because she always said she wanted people to look up to her. But that's something that, like, you're already in jail forever. Right. You'll be like, yeah, I'll make a little fun thing. Like, yeah, I used to, like, take the hands and put middle, you know, make them do middle fingers and, like, point it at my mom's door. Right. Oh, I was thinking maybe he was something he thought about in his stint in his early years. Because he was sitting there taking in what all these other people around him were saying. It might have been, but like I said, that's everything seems to change each time he tells the story. So it could have been one of those things that he's just like, yeah, this would be like a like a little chuckle pat. Yeah, think think about having that high yeah. of an IQ and just being locked in a box all day. It's like I can only imagine what you'd come up with, and like oh, yeah. honestly start believing because you have you're just a fucking fly on the wall at that point. Yeah, I mean you got nothing nothing but time to make up your own stories. And then yeah, so they like the cops come. And that, that was that was an interesting thing, right? Like the cops like come to like this. Uh, was it a sheriff or something that like found out that he was in possession of firearms, but like he had been like charged with like uh, being like criminally insane or something like that. And they're like, we got to confiscate this. And it was like it was well, a 44 Magnum. Yeah, I believe. Yep. So the crazy thing is, is that he murdered his grandparents at 15. Yeah, 15. And, you know, was in a psychiatric ward and then got out and then had his record expunged. Wow. I don't know how I you can just I don't, yeah. I don't know how you can just get that wiped off your With record. A, a double homicide. I mean, I guess because you're a minor, maybe. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, but even at that, I mean, I was arrested as a kid. Well, if, it, if, if that but. was at if that was at 15, and then he's 25, maybe at this point, that's 10 years. That's when you can expunge it, right? After 10 years. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's a double homicide. Totally I mean, I'm no lawyer, but that's a double homicide. Yeah, I can't right. just be like, hey, hey, I know I murdered like six people, but I mean, that was that was like 10 years ago. Right. 
Not to mention, he's murdered his grandparents at this point, and then he's relinquished to live with his mother. Right. Now, his mother, he called his mother after he's executed her parents, and, like, his mother's just okay with this. Like, I would have been, like, sign him over to the state, put him in a boy's home. That's wild. I don't want to deal with this dude anymore. Like, and he he goes home, and it's like, you know, he's, he, I mean, these, he says, like, right on, like, the six co-eds that he takes out, like, is because of his mom. Right. And then, like, once his mom's done, it's like, he only takes out the mother's best friend as an alias, like, because he's almost, like, trying to get away with it. And then he's just like, nah, it's over. I'm done with it. I don't have to hurt anybody anymore. Like, I've. These these were just like me trying to control the urge to kill my mother. Well, so when his mother was just an absolute. When they released them from the psych the psych ward, they were all for releasing them, but they were super against releasing them in to his mother. Right, and that's exactly right where he went to, and And he was was exactly like it was before. Yep, and he was twenty one at that point. Like he was a he was an adult. Like he could have done his own thing, but he went right back to his mom. Yeah, so he did. He he passed everything psychologically. They were like, this dude is not criminally insane. Right. He was actually even like administering like psychiatric help to the other patients at that at, at where he was like he was like a goody two shoes like well like you said he was him. being a fly on the wall he was right. he was he was listening he was he was doing his research he was he was hearing what other people were doing he's this is a smart tactical dude yeah I don't know how many times I have to say but like <laughs> like this this dude was not like just some dumbass with like aggression issues or or like a fucked up frontal lobe like. He was an intelligent motherfucker. Everything that he did was calculated. Like, yeah. and, and even right down to fucking the corpses, he was, it was so beaten into him. He would have been absolutely terrified to try and have sex with somebody that was alive. Right. Well, like, I love how he doesn't refer to it as like sex. He calls it like he just, every time he talks about it, it's I humiliated her. He humiliated. just uses the word hum- humiliated instead of like, I fucked that corpse or face or whatever it was. Well, that's what he was doing in his mind. And I think almost every time, like, I don't think those co-eds, like it was like they were just randoms. That was all directed at his mother. So it was like each one of them was like, you know, that was him trying to get rid of the urge. But he was still he was he wasn't humiliating them. He was humiliating his mother, utilizing their body parts right. um, in his mind. That, it's a, that was my take anyway. Mm-hmm. That's my my whole thing on. well it's like adam was saying too with him helping out when he was in the psych ward eventually when he did get arrested at the end of his little stint he was one of the first serial killers to help the fbi into creating profiles right right and which is where, where we like tie almost in that netflix more than show. happy to help yeah. yeah he was almost more than happy to help yeah mindhunter the netflix show is what introduced me to ed camper i'd never heard of him before that uh and i didn't know that that was real i didn't know yeah. that show was real like i thought it was just like oh, i was like oh this is a rad show like totally. i just pulled seasons of it yeah. i didn't know that like i don't remember seeing the thing that it probably said based on a true story but well, i didn't know it's not like it's real yeah it's not like the those exact it's exactly real like it's not like those actual like people existed but they used the whole storyline to tell the story of that entire like division but there the were FBI. those detectives and stuff or yeah or, or yeah fbi agents or whatever that, yep. that were doing that and he was the one that helped them yeah they and said that he was like the most useful tool totally well think no, about yeah. it you have a fucking huge iq dude who's like super insightful and super willing to share and like help you like find out all these patterns and serial killers and how how they work you know that the actor who played camper in that show was fucking amazing like that's that's what got me interested i'm like this dude is killing i need to know more i had a fucking i had like a straight up fucking panic attack at the end like when he like stood up in front of him yeah it was awesome like like you can see like his heart rate going and he fucking like passes out on the ground i was like 
I could feel that shit. Like I was like, damn, this show yeah. is fucking awesome. That first season was fucking phenomenal. They they did do a really good job of uh casting that. It's the same thing when they did um the Ted Bundy movie for yeah. Netflix there. Yeah, when so I heard good. Zach Efron was playing Bundy, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You can't you can't no, that doesn't match up. And then when I started seeing little clips from it, I was like, wow. It's he great. actually does. He yeah. does look, and he did a really good job too at reenacting all the the footage from back in the day. And yeah, for sure. He, People he did can a really hate good on job. me for this, but I think Efron's a good actor. Like I remember, like High School Musical came out. I was like, "Fuck this, dude!" Like I don't want to watch this fucking thing. Like, I don't know how many girls tried to get me to watch High School Musical. I was like, not watching this. I don't like musicals. And like I was like, I was like, Zach Efron's a, a nerd. And uh, but no, he's he's really actually a pretty decent actor. And and he, I think he played Ted Bundy. He portrayed him very well that totally. movie was oh, yeah. phenomenal i loved it netflix is killing it like we just take a second to just talk about how netflix is killing it on the shows and movies like yeah, for sure good for them man but um but yeah what was cool about kemper going back into him is like he goes into like he goes into detail even like in his kills like like not talking about it but it was like going to him being smart and tactical like he, he like sits there and talks about like his experience of like cutting through like like somebody with like a lot of body fat right and like that that cutting cutting the bullets out of the heads after he's decapitated them like he's getting the evidence out and stuff right and we, we never finished the, the story of the cops showing up to get that 44 mag so they show up to get that 44 mag and he's like working on like i don't know it was like a stereo or something in his car don't quote me on that but he was working on something on the, in the inside of his, his car and it was almost like he was across the street or something like that or he was in like some kind of a lot across the street working on the car because they came over looking for kemper and they saw somebody out there so they figured they'd go ask about who lives in that home and they were like hey like you like we're looking for the guy that lives across the street and then kemper gets out of the car and they see this six foot right. nine 285 pound dude this dude Goliath. almost pushing 300 pounds and they're like oh shit i think this is our guy right and then like they're like hey like we came here to confiscate a 44 magnum or whatever they go through the whole like shebang and he's just like he's like oh okay no problem like super cooperative yeah and like he like he's like yeah i got it in the trunk like you know and they go around to the trunk and it's like it's, it goes to just show what it like like gun laws were like back in the day i think he had it like wrapped up in like some kind of a blanket or a towel like in the back but it's like if you got pulled over with a fucking gun just like he's sitting out like that without it being locked or in some kind of a case like it's totally. locked like you'd be fucked now but yeah. like he just opened it up and like they were they were smart and they fanned out on either side of it and he said that if if they hadn't they haven't gotten to either side of the car he was going to pull it out and he was going to kill them with it right but they were there and he was just thinking to himself like well shit i got the 22 like under the seat that he just killed these two coeds with his right. last two kills so he hands over the 44 magnum he's like it's like He's like, it's one hell of a gun, huh? And they're like, yeah, 44 Magnum. Yeah, I'd say that's one hell of a gun. Like, yeah. it's a fucking dirty Harry gun. Right. You know, so it's like, he hands that over and he's like, they didn't know that I had more guns in the house. But if right. they had gone inside right next to it, where he was keeping his guns, he had like a shoe box or some kind of a box with the belongings of the last two exactly. guys that he had killed, which they would have found. Yep. So it's like, this. but what's so cool about him is he's just like, he's a true killer through and through. Like, he's like, he's like, yeah fuck it let me just go along with this and, and he's smart enough to just yep. be like all right if i resist or if i'm just like hey well what's this all about like right. even if he just was like like any normal person would be like why right like, why are you trying to take this like i legally obtained it why you know why are you coming to take this now and he's Don't just like on oh yeah no problem like yeah fuck yeah exactly i mean you came to fuck it if i had a 44 mag and you came to take it i'd be like go fuck yourself <laughs> like you know what i mean like why why are you coming to take this shit i legally obtained it like i would have been such a belligerent asshole and he's like yeah no big deal a pretty gun though right right like, you know like a 44 mag is not cheap dude, dude like he's, he's, this dude's just like yeah fuck 
fuck it. And there's like slick. that would have been a red flag to me if I was a cop. I would have been like, this is way too easy. You got right. anything else there, buddy? Well, you know, the cops probably just, just like, like yeah, here you go. The cops probably just like, but he smoothed him. I'm super glad that this guy didn't get aggressive. He's a monster. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're te- well, six foot. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, that's that's the thing I think helped him out a lot was his size because yeah. obviously someone that's six nine stands out, and you're like, Jesus yeah. Christ, especially too. You know when you start like out earlier i was walking around the house with a tape measure at six foot nine and i'm like jesus christ you'd have to duck through this door watch out for the ceiling fan like you know that's like just a big person to to look at so so you're already like jesus christ so you're like focused you're like jesus christ this guy's fucking tall he could be moving heads around in his trunk right and the cops are just like how the fuck do you get that tall right and then like (laughs) you know they're just like like he could he could fuck me up but he's being so cooperative i'll move the leg for you right he's being so cooperative you know just handing me over the gun you know so i think his size let alone and his nice nature with his size right right just people were just look the other way not so much look the other way but like didn't see what was going on behind him him just being articulate in general like he's, he's yeah, an articulate just, an articulate dude like everyone's saying like how smart he is like if you know he, he was not a stupid person he wasn't uneducated so it's like he's he knew what to say he said the right things he people right love things. big like, people know, he was able to calm <laughs> his demeanor People love they big do. people. Well, big, because- big, big Jeff, Jeff. Anytime Jeff walks into any goddamn restaurant or bar or anything, you just hear someone, "Big Jeff, Big Jeff's here." No matter where you go. I mean, yeah, but it's, that's that's me. Like I see, I see Big Timber. I'm so stoked. I haven't seen him in so long. But like, <laughs> like to everyone else, I'm almost like they're like they want to just be like, I know this guy. Like, don't fuck with me because I know this guy. He's a big dude. Like, you know, yeah. I'm his friend. I just want to let you know that I'm this big guy's friend. But yeah, no, that's 100% what I would, that's how I picture him because it's like, I have like two friends that are like that, you know, it's Big Timber and my my other friend, my other friend, Mike. And he's like, the both of them, Mike's 6'7". I don't know how big Jeff is. How tall is Jeff? Six Jeff's going to be at least 6'7". Six, six, that's it? No, he's a big yeah, boy. Six, so now, six, yeah, yeah Jesus Christ. So so add another five inches to that, like almost another half a foot. Like that. that's a big boy, yeah. you know? That's a big boy right there. Like you're not trying to fuck with that dude. I think it was more, almost more relief. They were just of, like, oh shit. Like, like, like oh like, God, I, I got to ask this guy for his up. guns. Yeah, I got to ask this guy to give me his gun. This is yeah. going to be a bad fucking day. And then he's totally. like, yeah, sure. And you're like, Joe, whew. Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought we were going to have to run you over with the cruiser. They get back in the car. It's like, like, uh, like, yeah, this... they're like, stay right there. Yeah. <laughs> just it's like, like the yeah. Simpsons episode with Nel- with Nelson that's like always like, ha, ah, you know, and then he like, <laughs> he laughs at that clown car going by and he points at him and he laughs. Yeah. And then the dude gets out and he like steps like one knee is like up to his face and he gets out and stands up and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like when like you that, that had to have been those cops' reaction. Yeah, man, he was he was a force to be reckoned with for sure. And uh, it, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, so we we get through like the co-eds. Like, he's taken out. He, he did his homework. He he did his research, and he went a little bit closer and closer each time before he started taking out these women from the school. And he realized he could get away with it because all, all the prompts kept coming out. They were just like, "All right, make sure you're not taking rides from anybody that doesn't have like a sticker." And right, it's like yeah. he had like his mother worked there. He had yeah, a he UC had college sticker, sticker on the car. Yeah. So it was like they were like, all right, this guy's safe. They didn't think twice about it. And then he had, like I said, he had his little watch thing that he was doing. He'd look at his watch and they're just like, like, all right, cool. We'll get from point A to point B. We don't really have to talk or like be nice. And at this point, like hitchhiking wasn't a big deal. Right. Like, that's... you know, we're, we're talking back in the day. Like this was pretty common. This wasn't a, this wasn't a 
out of the ordinary thing. Right. And then uh, then when this is all said and done and he moves on to his mom, like that's where I'm like, there's no speculation because this was ultra personal. Like, right, right. He, like, like not only did he like, you know, defile his mother or, uh, you know, what was his, what was his thing that he liked to say that he humiliated, humiliated. humiliated. he liked to say like he, he humiliated her, but like he didn't just humiliate her. Like, like, yeah, he, he, he says, uh, I, I, I quote, uh, I came out of my mother and in a rage, I went back in. Right, right. And that's when he—that's when he fucked his mom. Um, and hopefully, he can oh, find a quote. Oh I didn't see that fucking quote. That's, but that's um, wild. But uh, no, I always when I was yeah, looking at. So, uh, when I was, he, yeah, he says that. He says, "I came out of my mother, and in a rage, I went back in." So he when fucked was, his mother's his mother's head. He fucked her body, like in her body parts and stuff. And then after all this, he he cuts out her tongue and her larynx, and he stuck her larynx into the garbage disposal because he finally wanted to shut her fucking mouth. And when he was putting it in, he turned on the garbage disposal. It was kicking them back up at her, or kicking them back up at him, excuse me. And uh, he was like, he's just like, even in her death, she won't stop fucking nagging at me, you know? So another quote that he had in it during his trial, Kemper outlined the motive of killing young women, quote unquote, alive they were distant, not sharing with me. I was trying to establish a relationship. When they were being killed, there wasn't anything going on in my mind except that they were going to be mine. That was the only way they could be mine. I had their spirits, I still have them. Oh, that's so dark. That's pretty dark. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, dude, that's some fucking gnarly shit. Yeah, that's gnarly. Ugh. That's a lifetime of being fucking belittled right. and beaten down. And I apologize for my all that rage. Fucking fucked up. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, that was that was a gnarly quote. Yeah. Another thing he said that I thought was like super weird, and it just brings it all back to what we're talking about here is like <clears throat> when questioned about like his the the co-ed killings of all those girls. And after he killed his mom, he said that like he was he was killing his mom all along. Like they were just representations of his mom. They didn't have oh, anything yeah. to do with who those women were. He was just killing his mom. Every every one of those murders was a step to killing his mom, which is yeah, like, so, dis- so dis- dark. Dis- displacement killer. Yeah. Like you find someone like he's I practicing. fucking hate this. I hate this. No, well, you, you just you displace your anger somewhere else. You're right. Like, I fucking hate this person. But it's almost like they're on like a pedestal that you you can't, can't touch get them. To, yeah. So you just fucking murder everybody that and looks the, like them. Well, his mom, his mom was the the grand finale. Right. Totally. Oh, yeah. like, like he was working steps towards that. He was doing that to suppress his rage like from killing his mom but like to me i don't know if they, i'm not i'm not don't like you know this is my perspective on it is he was doing this to to make the strides towards i'm gonna kill my mother in the most epic way possible like i want to be like a seasoned veteran right. by the time yeah. i get to I that get my I practice want shit. i want it to be biblical right yeah well even look at like from the cats to the girls like his mom loved those cats he killed those cats his mom loved the people, the students at that college that she worked with, and he killed those students. Like it's all just trying to destroy what his mom loved all the way up until he actually destroyed his mom. Yeah, and his Did last his mom his have last... a relationship with those students, like like were I'm, those like ones that were like friends with, it, or were they randoms? I'm not sure, but I just mean like overall. Like she worked at the school, okay. she loved the people okay. at the school. Like she was I well regarded. I see, but no. see, I don't know about that. Though. Like I think it, the, I well think they were they were more they were more randos, but it was just. The close. I mean, it was the seventies. Everyone's fucking hitchhiking everywhere. Where better to go if you're going to look for a victim and right and not have anyone think but I anything think, of it? I think it. he's so he's smart like, it's that it's symbology. Campus. I think it's like for him, it's like it's deeper than that. Just because he's so fucking smart. He's keeping it close to home. He knew he was going to hear everything that was happening at the school. He was going to go to the bar. He was 
going to get all of the fucking info from the cops that he was talking to in the bar. I mean, the dude's drinking at a cop bar. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's this big dude. Yeah. So, like, they're not going to be like, hey, shut the fuck up, guy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're going to be like, oh, all right. Yeah, well, I just came here to drink. Like, I don't want to fuck with this guy that's fucking six foot nine. Like, if he's asking questions, like, I'm not going to, you're not going to disregard that dude when you're sitting at a fucking bar stool because that motherfucker will lift you out of your boots real quick. Totally. Yeah. Well, especially, too, imagine sitting there and you, like, see on the news, like, don't get in anyone's car that doesn't have a college campus sticker. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I got one of those. Yeah, he and then was, he's at the bar and he's like, hey, you guys got any uh, any like leads or anything on right. this, this crazy killer? And they're like, no, nah, no. Nah. And he's like, oh, man, it's crazy. Like, I Friendly news. The news. whole time you got a fucking dead body in your trunk and you're right. at the bar like being like, you know, this guy's like what? Kemper also said that when he was uh, when he would pick girls up and like in his practice runs and in the actual murders that they would just be in the car and they would have conversations about who this murder murderer could possibly be and how and then they would speculate on like their theories about who this person was all the while just sitting in the car with the fucking monster himself yeah and then he's like surprise especially reading all of these murders well going to his last one before he killed his mother and his friend that was after he had a heated argument with his mother he left and went out and killed two people and then came home. All I Which could goes think down about to reading his childhood days of going out and hunting. Yeah. Well, all I could think about reading all these murders. His fucking car must have been a goddamn disaster. I don't know how <laughs> anyone got into it. He shot a bunch of people in it, and then right. he had he was hacking up bodies in the trunk. I wonder if like, you could. Well, that's why I almost wonder. I almost wonder, like, when he was an like, interior back well, then all, wasn't was, really he was black. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was smart though, Eric, because he he had like yeah he had a, he had a forty four which would have blown their head clean off. But like he yeah, was like using twenty two is not going to have an exit wound, but still you're still going to get blood somewhere. And if you're hacking up bodies yes, in the absolutely. trunk, it's going to be a stench. So what I was thinking is is almost like he's, so he's using the twenty two, so he's killing this like cattle. Like this is pretty much I mean it's the same as like No Country for Old Men when you're, you're popping a cap through a fucking a steer's head. Like, you know, so it's like, it's not going to have an exit. Like you're saying, there's not going to be like a big explosion where it could blow out the glass or anything like that. It will, it will retain it. Like, yes, they will bleed and they'll have to clean up. I almost wonder if the day that those cops showed up, was he fucking around with his radio or was he making sure like all of this evidence was cleaned out because it was sh- shortly after he still had the co-ed's personal belongings right. in his room. So it's like, was he in there just like being like, all right, is there anything under like the dash or anything? Like, was he just poking around, checking through things or was he actually working on something when he like pulled himself out of there and stepped out and they were like, oh shit. Right. That makes <laughs> you know, sense. That's a big motherfucker right there. You know? So it's like, yeah, he was, it, I mean, it just goes to show how smart this guy was, like not just with firearms, but just in general, like he's just like, Hey, all right. Well, like a little, 22 round is is not gonna is not gonna have like an expansion on the on the back side of that exit wound like it's just gonna go through it's probably gonna settle in there but then he has to cut it out of his head i mean does he do that before he fucks it or afterwards i don't know <laughs> i don't know man a kemper going into this episode i knew very little about kemper other than what i saw on uh manhunter Mind i'd say or Mindhunter. sorry yeah Mindhunter. he's climbing he's climbing the ropes for me <laughs> I think this dude might be one of my favorite serial killers. He's definitely in my top three now for favorite serial killers. Like, interesting dude. And, and I think because I, I noticed him in uh, in Mindhunters, I can't believe I said Manhunter. What a dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Mindhunter, like, I have that show's that. great. A, and, like, he was my game. favorite character of the whole show. Yeah, by far. He's Man the best Hunter. character. Manhunter is a game. You're a shock and you just go around eating people. Definitely. And, and like you said, like, so well casted. 
Right. That was even the dude. Like, I mean, other than like maybe Eric with his fucking crazy eyebrows, who else are you going to get for Charles Manson, man? Yeah. All right. But anyway, let's get back to Kemper and get on to his final kills, his mother and her best friend. So on April 5th in 1973, he crept into his mother's bedroom and smashed her skull in with a hammer. Oof. Then proceeded to cut off her head, cut out her larynx, fed it to the waste disposal, and he was quoted saying it seemed appropriate <clears throat> as much as he bitched and screamed and yelled at me over the so many years. Sounds like Ed Kemper got a hold of your larynx for a second there, Eric. <laughs> Getting all choked up on myself. <laughs> then he proceeded to call her friend, Sally Hallett, and invited her over for a quote-unquote surprise dinner. And she was quoted, he said that she said when she showed up, let's sit down, I'm dead. Wait, Little did so, she wait, know. Wait. She said that? Yeah. She was like, I'm sitting, I'm like dead, like I've had a long day. Yeah. 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 Gotcha, okay. Like showed up and no, she was like, let's do this shit. Like, <laughs> Little did she go. know. Yeah, no, she showed up and was like, oh, Jesus Christ, what a long day, I'm dead, let's sit down. And then he proceeded to strangle her and just left for a drink to the jury room, the cop bar that he used to hang out with. So you know what, I know what he drank. Miller what he drank? Yeah, definitely the MLs. Dude. I don't yeah. know. I kind of, I could I almost know, see him. What is, it, what is Ed Kemper drink? I could almost see him drinking something that comes with a little umbrella. Schlitz malt liquor. Or he wasn't, he didn't drink alcohol and he just had like a Sprite or a tonic water. No, because no. he's not trying to stand out. That's what I'm saying. Like if he went in there and he was just like in a bar, like drinking like whatever, like... Like something just benign, like surely. I don't know. But then it's like at the same time, he's just sitting there having like you know some whiskey, like straight. Like I don't know. He's trying to draw as little attention to himself as possible. I just want to know what the fuck does that drink. He almost like, bombs. He almost seems like calculated. So I I can't imagine him. He just get a regular beer. Really? Yeah. Like and maybe have one. Just a drag. Stay sharp. Yeah. I can see him all, being I a draft know. guy. Yeah, and just having one or two, and then just having one just last for like 45 minutes but yeah anyway so after he left the jury room he just came home and cut off his mother's friend's head and just left her body i'm assuming with the mothers in the bed and this, the next morning huh this he had he had sex with the mother's friend's body no he had sex with his mother's head i'm sorry you i left that little factoid out <laughs> no he he fucked the friend too i'm pretty sure he fucked the friend's corpse after he took its head off wow. not in my pretty positive <laughs> We fucking that's, that's he's what happens. Fucking all yeah. the heads. He's fucking and everything. then that's then that's when he that's when he takes off because like that was like his whole alias is like like she she was known to take off from time to time with her friend. So like if they're both missing, they would like everyone would just think like, oh, they just they must have just disappeared together somewhere. And that's when he takes off on the road. He's listening to the radio, trying to see if like anyone's picked up on anything, if there's anything coming through the police scanners and stuff. And he hears nothing by the time he's already hit Colorado. I think it was at the point where he starts to like, he, he decides he's going to turn himself in. Yeah. So he, so he calls the local police department and says, you know, this is Ed Kemper. I'm the co-ed killer. And they hang up on yeah. him because they think they're, jo they think he's joking. It took him, seven more calls for them to actually send a cop to where he was in Colorado to arrest him. And cause That's no one awesome. believed that'd be like, if you call me and you're like, Hey, I, you know, I killed like 16 people. I'm the, the fucking grassy, no strangler. <laughs> I'm like, what, whatever, dude, whatever. And I would just hang up on you. Like I'm at work. I don't have time for this shit. And then you kept calling yeah. and then eventually seven I'd be like, times. all right, I got to call somebody about this, maybe. Wow, that's wild. Better not, you fucking snitch. I just call Adam. Like, can you believe <laughs> what this motherfucker is saying to me? I'd be like, yeah, let's call the fucking police. Yep, yeah, so 
Yeah, they came. And I was like, charged. fuck yeah, I'm a mega snitch. <laughs> so they I'm came and they, they charged him for the, uh, the eight murders. And he requested to be tortured to death. But because California didn't have or doesn't have a death penalty, he's still in jail to this day. Kemper's still alive. He's still kicking around, being on Mindhunter and stuff. Yeah, open out the FBI's. Eric, I remember you like going kind of into like the, uh, the idea that he's so smart that was he asking for the torture uh, death penalty because he knew he couldn't get it and he just wanted sympathy from people or whether it was like legit? I don't know. I, it could go both ways. It could go him just trying to play the whole, like, I deserve this. Like, I deserve the worst. But, you know, also knowing that it was never going to come. Makes or he could have honestly, honestly been like that. But like I said before, he's told this story so many times that it seems the facts seem to change. Yeah, my whole thing with Kemper is he's so fucking smart that it's so hard to decipher, like, what his actual... What his actual like motive motives are exactly like or like what like the, when he makes these decisions to like do these certain things or like or hang out at the police bar or like like how he's it's calculated. In jail. It's like it's so calculated to the point of like he's like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, literally. It's wild. A very large Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, it's like Hannibal Lecter meets Mike Myers. Yeah. Meets like Andre the Giant. No more rhymes now. I mean it. With Anybody want to beat it? And that concludes our episode on Big Ed. Hope you guys enjoyed. We'd love to cover more serial killers and we'd love your feedback and your thoughts on how we did on this episode. And if you'd like to hear more of them, probably going to do them anyway. But hope you guys enjoyed. Catch you next time. Fuckedupats.com. Lightly used toilet paper available now. It's been 40 years. 40. Dude, we could so you're just talking normal? 40. I'm fucked now. Do you want some pizza? <laughs> Tie one off tonight there, son? Couple of brewskis here? No, it's ready. Beer's ready, dude. We'll do it live. Do it live, bro. I'm not your bro, bro. I know where you drive. A Nissan Maxima. Bro. I, know you, I know where you drink your beers, bro. Dude, you've been, you've been hanging out down at the jury room, bro? Huh? You've been tying one on down at the jury room? Oh my god. Maybe you're just going too fast. Going too fast for technology. You're too fast That's for how your fast internet, I dude. move. <laughs> this motherfucker's spitting. The ogre of Optus. Or Aptus. Fuck, hold on. I almost just spit my beer everywhere. There's always a <laughs> Ed rounded out his... It was one fucking episode. Alright, don't judge me based off that. He was a Portuguese neuroscientist, you fuck. This will be my final episode. <laughs> he stabbed her in the fucking dick at 2.47 a.m. When when the face fucking occurred, her head was already off. I was born with wires crossed. You were born with wires crossed. Same with Eric, but the difference is what? like... Gary, you home? <laughs> Someone driving by your home while you're inside, Gary. Gary, we have a station wagon coming up the road. <laughs> Gary... Incoming station wagon, Gary. All right, shut the fuck up. I'm going to fire you both from this podcast. i
Sing for the year, sing for the land. 